athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think, I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Yes, you've got a philosopher on the microphone trying to bring you knowledge with respect to HBCU sports, more specifically now football and other things. As you've got it locked into the dopest show on radio, this is Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We got a whole lot to get to on the program today. HBCU football season is here on Saturday. You have three football games. You have Florida Memorial taking on Edward Waters. That game is actually in Jacksonville. You have Kentucky State and Central State playing in Columbus, Ohio. And to cap it off, the MEAC Swag Challenge on ESPN between North Carolina Central and Alcorn State. So this is the opening weekend of the HBCU football season. Of course, many, many games remain on next week. So with that, in about a little less than five minutes, going to replay an interview that I had last week with North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver. By the way, the countdown to kickoff was tremendous. Thank you to all of those that came out. Thank you to all of those that watched the HBCU football uh, countdown to kickoff, the Box to Row countdown to kickoff, uh, which could be viewed at BoxToRow.com. As a matter of fact, we have individual segments of the interviews that we had with the coaches. Again, that is on the Box to Row YouTube page. Just Google Box to Row YouTube, and our page will come up individual Head coaches joined us. I'll tell you what, uh, on last week, uh, Sam Washington, the head football coach at North Carolina A&T, came down from Greensboro, had a scrimmage at about 2.30. We started right at 1 o'clock. We were in Durham. Uh, He he led things off. Then we had North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver joined us on the program. Of course, you're going to hear that interview in a couple of moments. Shaw head football coach Adrian Jones joined us in person and Livingstone head football coach Sean Gilbert made the drive from Salisbury to Durham. It's about it's about uh, about an hour, 45 minutes uh, to be with us. Then on video, St. Augs head football coach David Bowser joined us on the program. We had Johnson C. Smith head football coach Kermit Blunt joined us and Fayetteville State head football coach Richard Hayes joining us on the countdown to kick off. It was an absolute great time. And again, individual interviews with the respective coaches can be found on the Box to Row 
YouTube page. So also joining us today here on Box to Row in about, uh, it's going to be a, a you know a little while uh, later on in the program, let's say. We're going to be joined by Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera going to join us today here on the program. Interested to get his thoughts on a number of different things, including the diversity within the Washington football team, uh, the change in culture, right? A lot of that going on. As a matter of fact, he's got some decisions to make from the wide receiver position where the Washington football team is deep. I also want to ask him about the quarterback situation. I think, and probably rightfully so, we're locked into Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's all you hear when you listen to from a national perspective, everybody talks about Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I would caution to say, let's not forget uh, also about Kyle Allen, who got his first play in the preseason on last week. Uh, don't forget about him. He may have uh, a little something to say as the season progresses. Join us here on Box to Row. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, if you want to participate. On the program. Now, without further ado, North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver joined me last week on the fifth Box to Row countdown to kick off. Uh, weekend. How's sort of the preparation coming along uh, for for that, especially having not played a game in, in essence, 20 months? It's been a long time. And um, I like the way the guys have, have uh, responded to it. Uh, camp, you know, coming in from, from preseason, and uh, the summer, uh, the guys guys did a really good job uh, with retaining the information. Um, I like our effort. I like our energy. And uh, early on in camp, the offense was kind of kind of getting the best of the defense. Uh, but but the defense has has last two scrimmages have really really uh, uh, come together. So so I like where we are. Interesting, isn't it? Generally, especially when you come back together, isn't it generally the defenses are ahead of the offenses? And I know you. I mean, as a defensive guy, like I know. That had to had to get at you a little bit. Well, it was good to see. You know, as, as a head coach, you're never going to be happy because the offense wins. You can play that defense got to play better. Defense plays well, offense got to play better. True. But um, just you know, we, we have a relatively a young team, and um, to see those guys, you know, uh, really bond and, and uh, getting the timing down uh, is good to see. We had a bunch of guys banged up early on, um, and we started getting those guys back. So, um, like I said, it was very competitive camp. Um, very physical camp, and 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 uh, the guys, the guys seem like they're ready to roll. Want to get your thoughts on the 2019 season? Your first as the head coach back at your alma mater. Whew. <laughs> you have to be patient. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, we talk about following the process, follow the process, and we always tell the guys, the young men, follow the process. But I think one thing I did learn as a coach, we have to follow the process as well. And um, you know, me being a competitor. Uh, I think we're supposed to win every game. You know, we're supposed to win a championship. Uh, that's why you play the game. But as a head coach, as a coach, you still have to follow the process. And you understand what you're trying to build. And, um, you know, it won't come overnight. But just to see the strides that the young men have made in our program, um, I think it's night and day from where we took over in, in, in June, January of 19. Yeah. For you, okay, so it seemed like – Every time I look at like an, either a preseason all MEAC team mm -hmm. or a postseason all MEAC team, your running back Isaiah Totten is always on it. 
right? It seemed like since his freshman year, he's been old Miak, right? He, of course, he's on it uh, again. You know, speak to him. This is his, this is his senior year, uh, but you know, just kind of talk about him and what he means, not only on the field, but a guy that's a veteran uh, and means to the rest of these Eagles. He's a, he's a very good player, very very good football player. Like you say, all conference every year, but he's a better person. Um, Three point five student. Um, very mature young man, outstanding citizen in the community. Uh, he's the type of young man that you want in your program. Um, and, you know, he, like I said, he can, he can tote the rock. He's a great player. But we got three more of them back there <laughs> that can flat out go. Wow, okay. We got three more back there that can go. So uh, uh, it'll be running back by, by committee this year. We're going to take a little bit of load off of them and uh, get some of these other guys involved as well. Yeah, can you speak to those guys and sort of what they bring to the table? Um, all of them have a different skill set. Jordan Freeman, um, uh, very elusive, fast running back. Um, Titan is just an all-around guy. Uh, we have Mookie Collier, uh, kid, a young man out of West Virginia. I mean, last year, <laughs> all he does is score touchdowns. I think he led the team in touchdowns. Um, he, he, you know, he's a blue-collar guy. And then we have, you know, a Durham uh, native, Jamal Curry Elliott, and he's the fastest of them all, and he can flat-out fly. So all of them have a different skill set, bring a little something different to the table. Um, but it's a very competitive room. Uh, the guys pull for each other, but it's a lot of talent in there too. You know, I w- your quarterback, like I was impressed with Davius Richard in his freshman year. I mean, you're talking about a guy, true freshman, through, I mean, if you looked at the numbers, I get it. But if you look at the numbers, I mean, a guy to throw for over 2,000 yards, uh, a positive touchdown to interception ratio, he can move a little bit, get out of the pocket, he's got a good arm. How, what are you seeing from him right now? Well, I mean, uh, he's matured a whole lot as a football player. He's always been an outstanding young man. But, um, you know, when you're third string at the start of the season and then week three you're the starting quarterback, uh, sometimes you have to be mentally prepared for that to be able to, you know, run the team and, and, and handle the offense. And I think that, you know, we put a little bit more on him as a freshman. Um, uh, you know, it was a little difficult. But I thought he played well as a, as a freshman. Coming back, he's improved. Um, but, you know, he has somebody nipping at his heels as well. We have a young man, Walker Harris, uh, freshman quarterback. That, that's outstanding. So they've been battling, and that's, you know, that's, that's been a, a battle all camp as well. What have it, just the whole COVID dynamic, what are you seeing right now? Because you're, generally a lot of your recruits wouldn't be, especially the, the, the high school ones, like they, they'd be coming into to camp, right? But those 2020 guys have gotten some reps in 2020. And now we're getting those reps now, uh, you know, to prepare for this upcoming season. So c- can you kind of speak to that and what some of those 2020 recruit guys are looking like coming into this season? Well, um, you know, with, with, with us being out last year, we still, you know, had, had an abbreviated spring ball. So we got a chance to evaluate them a little bit there uh, then over the, over the summer. Um, so a couple, of them, a couple of them will come in and, and help us out this year. Um, we're hoping that obviously, we, you know, some of those older guys, the juniors and seniors, uh, um, um, you know, will be able to lead the team. But um, some of those guys will come in and get, you know, get some playing time early on. Your top four uh, returning wide receivers uh, were able to uh, have receiving yards. If you look at the numbers, close or over 1,300 yards in, in 2019. Can you speak to those guys and sort of having really – some experience coming back at that position. Well, that helps because, you know, like you said, when you have a younger quarterback, um, those guys have to, you know, make the tough catches. And, and um, uh, 
they know the game, they understand coverage, they understand how to run routes and get open and things of that nature. Uh, so just having a veteran group back there uh, on the perimeter with those receivers, you know, r- really helps. And that'll take some pressure off of our running game. How good can this defense be for you this year? Um, they got, we have to get better. We have to get better. Uh, I think that we could have a special, a special season, though. Uh, up front, we're very deep uh, at the defensive line. We have a lot of guys returning that have gotten, you know, played quality reps for us. Um, and, and with us losing the, the defensive back, Brian Mills, we'll have to have somebody, you know, step up. And, um, you know, it, it happens every year. You know, you always have one or two guys that you weren't expecting, you know, that really blossom and, and step up. So um, we do have a talented defense. Uh, it's just, you know, so we, we are young in a couple of areas. More of my conversation with North Carolina Central third-year head football coach Trey Oliver on the other side. Plus, in about 15 minutes or so, we're going to be joined by Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera. More of Box to Row with Donna Ware is on the way. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky.com. Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. Doesn't matter what your sport, he talks your language. It's Delaware. From the press box to press row, it's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. We're back here on Box to Row. In about 20 minutes, going to be joined by Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera. So we're now going to continue our conversation with North Carolina Central Head football coach Trey Oliver caught up with him last week at Box to Rose countdown to kickoff in Durham. We, and, and I mean, I, th- I think that's a great point because when you go back to 2019, maybe Brian Mills was that guy for you. Like I, I'm, I'm sure you knew he was going to be really, really good, but I don't think I think you were the only offer he had coming out of JUCO. Right. So speak to him, and then of course, I, if I, I think I saw he just signed with the Saints. I think he's yeah. in the Saints camp right now. Right. And, uh, you know, Brian came with this. You know, we were his only offer coming out. And um, uh, he wasn't here uh, through the course of summer school and, and have opportunity to, you know, learn defense. So when when uh, start of season, Brian didn't even start. I don't think he started until after, like, game th- week three. Um, and we tell the guys all the time, you know, you have to compete every day, every week. You have to compete just because you started last week doesn't mean you're going to start next week. Uh, so, he, you know, young man competed. I knew he was talented. And all he needed was opportunity. I mean, he got out there. He never looked back. Uh, continued to work hard, and you know, fortunately, got an opportunity to make it and um, uh, sign with the Seattle Seahawks. And like you said, now he's with the Saints. I know for you, I mean, you take each game as it comes. So Alcorn State's the next 
team on the schedule. But when this schedule came out, did you – because it's interesting. I didn't – until Coach Washington mentioned it, I didn't realize you and uh, Coach Dawson Odoms were teammates. Tyrone. Yeah, you, you did say yeah, – yeah. <laughs> you did say that was, that, that was his name, right? Which is interesting because you were his, you know, defensive coordinator at Southern – when the schedule came out, not recently, but when the schedule came out, did you sort of have that game sort of circled on your schedule? You go to – no, they come to you, I think, right. this year. Yeah. Right. No, I didn't. Uh, we've been focused strictly on Alcorn. Um, I don't even know who we have after that. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not big on circling games <laughs> and all that stuff. Every game is equally important. And we take it one week at a time, uh, one game at a time. But um, Coach, Coach Odoms and I did play together essentially with Coach Jones and – uh, under Coach Washington. So, um, Coach is a great guy. I enjoyed, learned a lot from him while I was at Southern. Uh, won a lot of games at Southern, and, and uh, it's good to have him back in the conference. Yeah, absolutely. What does it mean to be coaching the head coach at your alma mater? <laughs> it's like a dream come true. Um, uh, you know, I always wanted to be a defensive coordinator. I wasn't really, you know, itching to be a head coach because, you know, you, you – you don't really coach as much. You're dealing with the media. You're dealing with the budget. You're dealing with the alumni. You're dealing with uh, media and everything else. And you don't really have that true position to coach. And that's what I love to do. I love the game plan and, you know, hands-on with the young men. Um, but when, I, when the opportunity came for me to, to lead this program, you know, it was a no-brainer. And uh, I loved every minute of, minute of it. I appreciate Dr. Wickham McCree and Chancellor Akinleye for giving me the opportunity to come back. And, um, you know, it's a dream come true. What are you sort of maybe learning about yourself as a head coach? Yeah, I get it. You only had the one season of actually on the field because always, you're always coaching, but it, the, only the one season on the field. So in now year three, what are you sort of learning about yourself as a head coach? Well, again, um, you just have to be patient. And like I said, everything is, a, you know, is a pro- that's part of the process. And, and um, being a competitive person and, and wanting to win and have an opportunity to be a part of a lot of great teams, championship teams, you know, that's what I expect. And um, like I said, the biggest thing is sometimes you have to be patient and just follow the process. But, um, you know, I'm about winning championships. <laughs> Your playing day. So let, let's reflect on those playing days a little bit more. Uh, our next guest, Adrian Jones at Shaw, played with him. You mentioned Tyrone Dawson Odoms uh, playing under uh, uh, Coach Washington. What do you remember most about those days? We had a very talented squad, very talented. And um, uh, all of us are really good friends. We're really close then, and we've, we've kept in touch over the years. And it's just great to see these guys being so successful. You know, Coach Jones over at Shaw, um, Sean Gibbs was with us as well. He's the running back coach at North Carolina A&T. Um, coach Odom, it's just so many guys. Um, our defense, you know, we were ranked, you know, one of the top defenses in the country every year. Um, and, and, you know, we were, we were very talented. You were you were you were all conference. I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, maybe somebody may have been all conference. Like if they played, you know, like a a, a skill position and then was a return specialist, right? But right. you were all conference guy, not only as a defensive back, but as a punter. People always ask how that how did I end up punting essential? And right. you know, when I came in, I was four string safety, and um, I was trying to get on the bus, and I had some talented guys in front of me, just you know, one, two, and three. So uh, I saw the punter out there punting one day at practice. I said, I can, give, I can punt better than him. I can do that. <laughs> so uh, I went out there. Coach Wash worked with me a little bit. And, you know, four years all-conference punter. Um, 
luckily week two I started, you know, I was able to start at safety at that point, but uh, I had to get on the bus, man. And if it took punting to get on the bus, so be it. Last thought, Alcorn State, next Saturday, ESPN game, um, MEAC SWAC Challenge. Uh, What – Talk about them, what they bring, and I think the, the I think really for for a lot of people the good thing is they didn't play in the spring either, so you, it's no nobody really has the advantage person in that respect. They're a talented group, and you know when you they've won the conference uh, at least their side the past I think six or seven years, and I had some battles with you know with them when I was down in Southern, so uh, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with Alcorn, but you know they're a championship program and. Uh, uh, that'll be a great test for us to see exactly where our program stands. But, you know, we're, look, we're excited, looking forward to the challenge. Um, but I think, I think it'll be a good matchup. North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver in his third season. Any reaction to anything that Trey Oliver had to say, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Want to preview now the BoxToRow National Game of the Week between North Carolina Central and and Alcorn State. And these two teams have not met since 1976. As a matter of fact, met five times in the 70s, interestingly enough, but have not met since. North Carolina Central has been to one celebration bowl that's going back to 2016 when the Eagles uh, fell to Grambling. And then Alcorn State has been to what's been five. They've been to, the, the, the Braves have been to, uh, what, uh, three of them, right? So, uh, you know, you have two programs that have had some success a little bit more recently, more so in the favor of Alcorn State, who's won since 2014, uh, has won four SWAC championships and has been to the Celebration Bowl, as I mentioned, three times. So this is a, it promises to be a good matchup. As I've continued to say and will say again, It's the right matchup. That's first and foremost. It's the right matchup because we know with respect to the SWAC in the spring, the only team that opted not to play was Alcorn State, who, by the way, uh, officially forfeited each of its games that it did not play in. And we know that North Carolina Central did not play in the spring. So by the time that North Carolina Central hits the field, It would have been 644 days since the Eagles had last played. And big shots out to Kyle Serb and his staff. They do a tremendous job, uh, the Sports Information Department at North Carolina Central. Meanwhile, the last time Alcorn State played was in December of 2019 in the Celebration Bowl in its loss to North Carolina A&T. When I look at North Carolina Central, um, and you heard in that piece, I really like this kid, Davius Richard. I thought, but again, but again, and, and that goes for players on both sides, had a really solid freshman year. But again, that's going back, again, as mentioned, some 644 days ago. But I liked what I saw. I feel like he's, he's he really probably has grown from a mental standpoint uh, in the classroom, if you will. And then there have been, some situations where North Carolina Central uh, within this pandemic has gone out on the field and he's been able to get acquainted with his receivers, uh, Deshaun Stevens, you know, Ryan McDaniel, guys like that uh, that are going to be leading receivers for North Carolina Central. So I like the fact that 
Davius Richard is a guy that can throw the football, right? Pass for over 2,000 yards, rushed for another uh, 250 yards or so last year. So this is a guy that can he, he can move a little bit too, but he's got a good arm, can get out of the pocket, has some escapability. What he really has going on uh, for him uh, also is the wide receiver core. And when you have some guys uh, that have come back uh, that are going to be uh, a, a tremendous, as I mentioned, Stevens and McDaniel. But the other thing is the running back position. Uh, you look at Isaiah Totten, it seems like every year Isaiah Totten is either on the uh, all-MEAC team or preseason all-MEAC team. Uh, this other kid, though, watch out for Jordan Freeman also for North Carolina Central. So I feel like North Carolina Central has a balanced attack. That running game can take some of the pressure off Richard. Then the defense, as, as you heard uh, Coach mention, as you heard Coach Oliver mention, uh, got some work to do. But they've got a couple of guys uh, that can play uh, Noah Rainbow Douglas, a linebacker, uh, etc. For Alcorn State, right, I mean, they've got a plethora of guys coming back. I think defense, they will be good. They always, The Braves always have been good. But when you have a kid like a Felix Harper coming back, uh, going back to 2019, he was uh, box-to-row All-American, right? Completed over 60% of his passes, close to 3,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. He had a, a, a handful of interceptions. Like Richards, I think he's going to have grown – uh, a bit in the classroom, but he's got a legitimate star wide receiver in the Charles Pringle who's coming back. And he's just one of the running uh, wide receivers that's coming back, but he's the leading wide receivers a guy that can stretch the field 17.3 yards per reception, 14 touchdowns on the season. Got a good running back in Nico Duffy uh, who had uh, uh, close to about 850 yards rushing on last year as well. It's really like each week I, when we have the national game of the week, I will pick a team to win. It's hard, right? Like I think if I had to look at this thing strictly on paper and going by what I saw, because I saw both of these teams play in 2019. But again, that was a long time ago. I mean, I have to go with Alcorn State on paper uh, because – I th just think they're a better team on paper, but this game is a total uh, up-in-the-air game because neither team has played since 2019. Up next here on Box to Row, going to be joined by Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Bubba Wallace. They feel like I am throwing race into the context here. And it's not about race. He's a driver at the end of the day. Everybody's making it about race. It's all about the headlines these days. Not me saying like, yep, I'm the black guy here. You're going to stop hearing about me. It was more along the lines of the fans like, hey, it's cool. I've been dealing with that for, for a while. He's Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. 
I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Ron Rivera, you know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you're kind of like a coach on the field. I always felt at some point, yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to <laughs> people to be better and do better and, and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you i'm talking about none other than common well i ended up with sam just because i wanted to major in business and sam you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do dave roberts manager of the la dodgers to be person of color and be the manager of the dodgers what does that mean to you? well i think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility with recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give others, other people of color, opportunities. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Omari Hartwick. And that's crazy that you say that. I got one of your colleagues and one of your contemporaries and that being Stephen A. He hit me about three weeks ago and he texted me and he said, oh, how did I miss this one? But it's equally been a beautiful thing for me to see how much you guys who work in sport are fans of me. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A. said he liked it and all within the last three weeks, you both are commenting on it. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know. I know I'm in good well, company. Of course, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Howard University. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. She's Simone Biles. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're in the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body, and we hope that other young girls and women, like, feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm -hmm. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K, what was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant.
Radio. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press Let's row. continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, in his second season as the head coach of the Washington football team. Previous to that, spent nine seasons as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, named the coach of the year in 2013-2015 as well, also leading the Panthers to the Super Bowl. He is Ron Rivera, joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Rivera, welcome back to the program. I appreciate it, Donald. How are you? Doing really good. You know, doing really good. It's that time of year. It's football season. We're into the into the swing. You've got one more preseason game, as a matter of fact, uh, this Saturday. So let me start here. Your thoughts on the preseason and, well, the camp, I should say, and the two preseason games to this point. Well, you know, um, as far as we're concerned uh, as a team, I've been very pleased. Well, I really have. We, we've accomplished a lot. Um, we're really getting to see a lot of our players. We're seeing a lot of good things from our players. Um, you know, so far the two preseason games have been good. I know we only have three this year, so it's going to be interesting because, you know, throughout my career, it's, it, you either played four or five, uh, depending on whether or not you had to play an extra exhibition game or you played in the, uh, the hall of fame game. And so it, it, it's kind of interesting to see how these three are going to pan out. I do know for us going into it, uh, we're going to use the third and last game as really a, uh, uh, a big-time test for our younger guys for the bottom half of our roster to see exactly who's going to win an opportunity on our football team. You know, you made a lot of off-season moves, a lot that will help bolster um, this squad. One of the moves was was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, I know I've watched your press conference. I know you're not, you know, into naming a starter and so on and so forth. But, you know, my – I. I like Kyle Allen, first of all, Kyle Allen played with you in 2019. He started the season off like 12 touchdowns to no interceptions, had a good first season uh, for you, was doing well last year until ultimately uh, getting hurt. Uh, can you speak to where, meaning Kyle Allen is at this point, even though we understand that Ryan Fitzpatrick is taking first team snaps? Well, you know, we have a good quarterback room. Um, you know, the, the thing that I look at in terms of quarterbacks, they're, they're, they're different types. You know, there, there are guys that can dominate, you know, just take a game over, um, you know, and, and, and you know, we, we see that with the guy in Green Bay. Uh, there's the ultimate game manager in Tom Brady, you know. Uh, there's the dynamic guy in Baltimore, you know. There's, uh, there's the guy that's a little bit of everything and does it great in Kansas City. What I'm looking for and what I believe that we need with the, with the player we have is we have, I, I believe we need to have a game manager that has the ability to every now and then make those plays that you need to give yourself a chance to win. Because I think if we do things right and we come out of this the right way from, from training camp, I, I think that's going to be who we are. Is we're going to be a physical team up front on both sides of the ball. Um, and we're going to, we're going to need to make plays at certain times. We're going to need to manage games at certain times. So I like where that quarterback room is. Um, you know, Fitz is obviously the, 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 the guy that's got a tremendous amount of experience, a uh, great feel for, for offensive football. Um, I, I like what Taylor Heineke brought, especially after last season. Um, but you're right about Kyle. There is something about Kyle that kind of shows you he has that ability. You know, we had a nice run at one point when we were in Carolina that at one time Kyle was six and two for me. Uh, until things started to fall apart, until people started to get hurt and, and things like that started to happen, unfortunately. 
And then last year, I liked what he was doing. I liked the way he was managing the game. And then he got hurt, and, and which led to Alex Smith's comeback. Um, but for Kyle, I, I think right now he's getting healthier. He's getting back out there on the football field. He, he had a good first start last uh, preseason game uh, in the fourth quarter and did some nice things for us So uh, in the third and fourth quarter. Excuse me. So I'm excited to watch him again this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously, a lot of other acquisitions, upgrades at the wide receiver position, uh, which is in, which is interesting in of itself because I mean you've got a, you've got some really a lot of decisions to make at that position specifically. But speak to some of the acquisitions that were made in the off season to help bolster this roster. Well, I think the big thing, Don, was that we wanted to get faster on both sides of the ball. And so we had an opportunity to do that uh, in our secondary. Uh, we bring in William Jackson, uh, who's, who's just a tremendous cover corner, who's, who's got that kind of ability. And we bring Jamin Davis in from the uh, draft. And so we got faster defensively right away. We, we, we really did. And, and, and now you get Landon Collins back healthy, playing the way he has been this preseason. So it's exciting. Offensively, we had to get faster. Um, you know, we, 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 Signed Curtis Samuels, who, who we know from my, my time in Carolina. Um, you know, we draft Diami Brown uh, with that tremendous speed that he has. Uh, the speed we already had in, in, in the running back position, we just added a young player named Jarrett Patterson who's going to add to that. Um, and we just feel like we did the things that we wanted. And then we needed a guy that's used to throwing it deep. And that's where Fitzpatrick comes in as well. Ryan throws a good deep ball. So, we're, 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 we're pretty excited about the potential to be a faster team for us. You know, what's interesting, you mentioned it, you, you, you signed a lot of guys these last couple of years that you have familiarity with. A guy, if you don't mind touching on really quickly, a guy we cover here, uh, Tameric Hemingway, uh, who's a mm-hmm. guy that also played with you, tight end, went to South Carolina State, played with you for the Panthers. You know, the, the thing about a guy like T is, is you know, he, he's a good physical player. Uh, and he's a smart guy, understands the offense, been in the offense. And that's one thing you try to do, you know, when, when you go someplace new, or at least I believe it, is you want some guys that know how to do it your way so that when the other guys sit there and they start doubting it, he can say, hey, you got to trust him, you got to believe in it. This is what it did for us. Um, so I think when you have a, a voice like that, um, you know, and we've had several of them. You know, when you, when you look at our offensive line, you know, uh, Taylor, uh, Tyler Larson is a kid that played for me on the offensive line in Carolina, and he can talk about, you know, having worked with Coach Matsko, our offensive line coach, working with, with, with Scott Turner, our coordinator, working with me, you know, and then you look on defense, and we got a kid like Jared Norris who played linebacker and special teams for me, and David Mayo who, who, who played as well, and Cole Luke. So there are a number of former uh, Panthers that are on this roster, but that, that was done for a specific reason, a specific type of young man too, because, you know, you want guys that, 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 that can sit there and, and get everybody to understand that, this is how it's done. And the reason it's done is because coach wants this done this way because he believes in this type of a system. And so that's helped me in terms of my connection with this football team, I believe. Ron Rivera in his second season as the head coach of the Washington football team. He joins us here on Box to Row. Chase Young, what a dynamic player, dynamic young man, phenomenal rookie season. Uh, your thoughts on um, ultimately what, this young player can be? You know, it's, it's an amazing thing because he's such a dynamic personality 
um, and it's infectious, you know, because he, his, the way he approaches things, the way he handles things, the way he does things. And because of that, because of his overall attitude, I think attitude is very important for, for, for professional athletes. I think attitude is uh, what separates the really great ones. Um, and he has that it attitude, I think, to, to be great. He, he works so hard at it. He wants it to come true. So he's trying to be great. And because of that, because of who he is, he does have an opportunity to ascend to become an even even better player. So we're excited for his potential. We're excited for his growth. Uh, we know that, you know, there's no no secrets anymore. You know, last year, everybody kind of wondered, well, will he be able to? Well, he did it last year and had a good rookie year, which was defensive rookie of the year. Um, so now the expectations are going to grow. And, and and one thing that he and I have talked about is, is briefly is, is him handling those expectations and not worrying about what other people want or expect, but more importantly, what does he want? What does he expect? That's what's important. You know, I feel like uh, this, you were the right person that the Washington football team needed. So what made the, the head coach and other duties, which we'll talk about with you, uh, the Washington football team as its head coach, the right opportunity for you? You know, for me, Donald, it was about the fit. I think it fit me because I, I love the fact that this is one of the oldest franchises in the NFL. You know, this started in 1932 at the beginning in the NFL. So that, that to me is very, very exciting. There's a tremendous amount of history and tradition attached with the Washington football team. Um, the fan base is tremendous. It really is. It's an unbelievable fan base. I can remember when, when I was a player, you know, way back in the days in the 80s, coming out here to play in, in a playoff game and then coming out and playing the regular season and, and feeling this, you know, old RFK shake, rattle. Right role even <laughs> right uh, i mean it, it was impressive and i love the fam i really did i thought god what a great spot so then you know when when time came to to start the interview process with with mr schneider um and one of the things that i had been studying has had been his 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 roster you know i i took a look at that roster and i looked at where they were and i looked at the potential for growth and the you know things that they had, and, and, and I looked at some of these young guys and just thought, man, if these guys get an opportunity to mature together, if we can keep a group like this and, and add on to it, we'll have a chance. And that's what really drew me to this. Plus, you know, Mr. Schneider had this idea of, of, of what he calls coach-centric, and that's an approach where, you know, we're not going to put a general manager and a, and, a, and, a, and a football czar over the top of you, okay? We're going to have these guys work with you, uh, work alongside and do the things that you need to get done, get the players that you want to add on to, to, to your football team, to our football team. And so that's that's what drew me to that was, you know, I, I was I was going to get to make some decisions, that I was going to be responsible for helping to put this team together and get it going in the right direction. And then the other thing was he talked about wanting to change the culture. You know, culture has always been a big word for me. It was one of the things that we used when we were in Carolina that was talking about culture and, 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 and developing a culture. And so one of the things that I, I, I talked about was that I have this vision that I want to build a sustainable winning culture here. And to me, culture really is about doing things the right way, uh, following a, a, a certain set of core values and sticking to those core values. And then when things are good or things are bad, you live by those core values because that's what keeps you on the right path. And, and that's kind of how I felt. And Mr. Steiner believed it. He agreed with me. And so that is really what drew me here was the opportunity to coach for one of the oldest and most traditional 
franchises with a tremendous history, a great fan base, and potentially a good young roster with an owner that, wa- that, that was willing to, to allow me some of the levity uh, that was needed to, 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 to do what I believe we, we can do here. Hold the line for me, Coach Rivera. We've got Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera. More with Coach Rivera on the other side. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Aquil Glass, quarterback for Alabama A&M. How are you able to stay grounded and knowing that on the other side you could possibly be playing on Sunday? Really, it's just about just living the moment. You know, I've got coaches that who preach that about life and football as a whole. You know, they always say, take one play at a time. You can't live off the past. You can't think about the future too much. You have to control what you can control. I try and do that every day. It's all about that. So that's what motivates me and allows me to be humble. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie Speed Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every $1 million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet! Marjorie's Beef Jerky! Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Ron Rivera, the head football coach of the Washington football team in his second season as he rejoins us here on the program. I think the point about culture is is spot on. So, you know, if you look at the organization and you look at sort of the top and even some of the, uh, you know, you look at assistant coaches, for instance, it's yourself. You know, you have Martin Mayhew as the general manager, President Jason Wright, Jennifer King, uh, a female assistant coach. Uh, Sort of speak to that. You are all persons of color uh, in upper management. And then again, when you mentioned Coach King as one that is an assistant coach on your staff. You know, what's interesting about this, Donald, was in in 2015, when we went to the Super Bowl when I was in Carolina, um, I was doing one of the press conferences that you have to do during the Super Bowl. And somebody had made that mention, said to me, Coach, did you know that uh, you have the most diversified coaching staff in the NFL at the time? And I said, no, I didn't realize that. They said, really? Well, how'd you get to that point? And I said, well, honestly, I hired who I believe were the best people available. And what was interesting as I started going through this, that's really how I've done it. Um, what happened with as far as Jennifer King was concerned, um, she was a, a, a woman uh, that I had met at the NFL Women's Women in Football Symposium. Um, I was one of the guest speakers. In fact, my wife, my daughter, and I were one of the guest speakers uh, at the original symposium that was held in, in Orlando. And that's where I met her. And so we developed this, this, this relationship through this conversation we had there. 
uh, I found out that she was coaching women's college basketball right next door to us at Johnson and Wales, which is literally the campus is right next to our practice facility. So I invited her out and come find out a little bit about it. She played women's professional football. She's coached professional football on the women's side. She's, she's coached uh, kids youth football. And so I invited her over. She came over, she watched for a little bit. Um, and then the next year I got her in and had her did an internship for us during a OTA's mini camp, the training camp. And she did it again for us. And then the following year, she got a job um, working at, um, at, uh, at uh, Drake. Uh, and, um, or not Drake, was it Drake? I think it was Drake. But anyways, she, she worked in, for one of the universities there. And I'm sorry, it was Dartmouth. She worked Dartmouth. at Dartmouth. Okay. All right. And had a great time. In the meantime, her and I stayed in touch. I invited her to, to do a, uh, an internship with our offense last season. And I just wanted to make sure she was ready. And I really appreciated her effort and her passion. And when the opportunity came to hire her full time, I did uh, because I think she deserved it. And so that's how that came about. You know, hiring Martin uh, last year was easy for us because he was very qualified. He's somebody I was very familiar with. I loved his philosophy on, on, on acquiring players. Um, I, I know he's, he's had the general manager position before, so he knows what that's like. Um, you know, we hired a lot of people with experience. You know, we brought uh, Marty Herney in as, a, as a, a senior vice president of personnel and football operations to work alongside Martin, a former general manager. Um, you know, we have Chris Pullian to, to handle our college side, our, excuse me, our pro side, who's a former general manager. And uh, Eric Stokes, who's a former assistant general manager. You know, and so in that group right there are four personnel guys. Two of the four are African-American and they have general manager and assistant general manager experience. So what we try to do is hire the most qualified people. And what's interesting about that, and it's kind of what's led me to the whole thing with, with what we've done with Jennifer, is that as we've gone through this process and we've interviewed people, you know, we are making sure that we interview everybody and that also in, includes gender equity. We have hired a number of women in, in very good positions for us. Uh, our chief of staff on the football side, my chief of staff, Natalia Durantis, you know, is, is, a, is a Latina. Um, you know, she's been tremendous. Um, Diana Heimowitz is somebody that we hired. It was, and both of these women I mentioned both participated in the women's symposium in football. Um, you know, she works in our, in our, uh, in our personnel side. So we are looking to hire the best and people that have done things that make them qualified. And that's really what that's about more than anything else, Donald. Awesome. Last two thoughts, Coach Rivera. Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington football team, joining us here on the program. The last year for you, can you, I mean, well, year plus, you know, you, you, the pandemic, you beating cancer. I mean, even you being able to get through that season in the manner in which you did with all of the treatments and so forth. When you reflect on, on that, what most comes to your mind? Wow. Um, you know, a bunch of things go through my mind. Uh, first of all, just, just how happy I was for this, for this organization to come out on the other end. 
based on everything that we started with and all the situations, circumstances we had to deal with from the time I got hired all the way up to, 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 to winning the division, I, I was very happy for the organization, for, 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 for the ownership, the coaches, the players, the organization, because um, we went through a lot. We really did. So just knowing that that we came out on the other side of it all was was really, I think, a, a victory in itself. Um, for me personally, just everything that I went through personally as an individual, it, it just reflected on my family and the people that supported me. I was very fortunate, very lucky. And, um, you know, just uh, in all honesty, the, the elation of when uh, January 28th, when I got my results of my PET scan uh, that basically said I was cancer free uh, and in, and in recovery, um, that was, that was elation. That, that really was, I can't, I can't describe how excited and happy we are and very feel very fortunate and blessed. Wow. Last thought, um, your days, what do you remember most about those days with the bears at Super Bowl? That 85 team was something special. You weren't part of the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah. You know, uh, a quick story on that, Donald. We um, we shot that – the team shot the video the day after we got beat on Monday Night Football by Miami. Uh, it was the only loss. That game finished right after midnight. We got on the airplane to fly back home, and Willie Galt was 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 in charge of organizing the players, and he was trying to get guys to come do it. And I would say probably 50% of the team showed him, 50% didn't. In fact, there's a number of guys – that weren't there for the original taping that were done on a blue screen. Uh, I believe Singletary, William Perry, uh, Jim McMahon, uh, and Walter Payton were the four guys I believe that they blue screened in to get them into it. Um, they really felt they needed those guys on it. Uh, so it was really cool. For me personally, there was no way I was getting up after we landed like about three o'clock in the morning because you had to get downtown around 8, 30, 9 o'clock for the shoot. And uh, so I didn't. Uh, that's that's one of my only big regrets with the Super Bowl team. But, you know, when I do think about it, I think about the thrill and the excitement of it all. I think about the experience, um, you know, the city of Chicago, the fan base of Chicago. That's what being here in the in, in, in the Washington, Virginia, Maryland area reminds me of is that type of fan base that has a tremendous history and association with its team. And we're trying to get our fan base back because I'll tell you, you want to talk about home field advantage with that kind of a fan base behind you, it gives you something. It, it, that's, that's the, that's the extra element you look for. Uh, I, I think when, when, when things are going in the right direction and you can get those people behind you and help create that momentum and excitement, uh, you have a chance you really do. And so that's what we have to do is we've got to, we've got to do something good to bring our fan base back. So we're working on it because we'd love to have them here. Well said they couldn't have blue screened you coach. I, I wasn't worthy. I wasn't worthy. <laughs> Ron Rivera in his second season as the head coach of the Washington football team, gracious enough to joining us here on Box to Row. Coach Rivera, really appreciate the time. It was great to catch up with you. Continued success to you and the Washington football team. Well, I appreciate this, Donald. Let's don't wait five years to do it again, all right? Absolutely. You got it. Definitely won't wait five years or make it five to have Ron Rivera on the program. We had him on last I think it was the Super Bowl season 2015 when he was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. If you want to react to anything that Ron Rivera had to say, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O, 
R-O-W. I think we've penciled in Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starting quarterback for the Washington football team, and I think rightfully so. I don't think I, I, I see Taylor Heineke doing some really good things. If you remember last year in the playoffs against Tampa, he was – I mean, he had just got signed that week. I th- he was he was in school. He was he was completing his, you know, his degree and w- was signed and did a and did a relatively good job actually uh, against Tampa. But now teams have film on him, so it's a little bit different. But I see him in the preseason. He's making some of those throws, albeit against you know second team guys. But still, you can see he's going to be able to play. <clears throat> Excuse me, but this is what I'm saying and why I asked Coach Rivera the question. Again, Kyle Allen only played his first preseason game last week. you got to figure at this point, even though Coach Rivera is not naming a starter, that it's got to be Fitzpatrick. But, you know, Fitzpatrick, even in this last preseason game, like he missed a couple of throws. He's not not wowing me. He's got sort of – he's got a bit of a history. And even when this – signing first happened I said well to me it's still going to be Kyle Allen of course it depended upon how he came back from injury and I mean it's taken him a while to get back just based upon what I saw from him last year Uh, also what I saw for him from him during the 2019 season his first really full season in the National Football League I saw a guy that can play um, that's mobile that can complete it to his receivers. And the Panthers had some pretty solid receivers and the Washington football teams got some good receivers. I mean, I think all, all Ryan Fitzpatrick has to do is manage the game, not make the mistakes. I mean, he not make the mistakes. He's prone to try to fit it into tight windows a bit. And, uh, you know, again, as a backup quarterback's good for three or four games, then you don't know what you're going to get from him. If he has to continue on as a starter, the ultimate backup quarterback, especially now in the latter part of his career. But let's see what he can do with this team. They've got a good running game. They've got a strong offensive line, got really good receivers, a really good tight end. And by the way, the defense is one of the best in the National Football League, maybe top three in the National Football League. I think it finished when you look at the stats. And again, I, you know, stats don't don't tell the entire story. But if you look at the stats, number two in the National Football League in total defense on last year. So we'll see ultimately how things play out preseason game for the Washington football team uh, on Saturday. And it's going to be the last preseason game of the season for the Washington football team. Uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, who obviously are really, really good. But again, it's preseason, and you want to see who can do what mainly. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera for joining us on the program. If you missed this or any of our other interviews, you can always find them on our website, or I say interviews, really shows, entire shows. You can find those in podcast form on our website at BoxToRow.com. Check those out on our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support your Box to Row is presented by DW Communications.